everyone, and welcome to the Glad to Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Hey, hey. What up, fam? What's going on? Oh, man, you know, it's one of the mornings. Snowing <laughs> again. In Michigan, as we always. We had fake spring for a little bit, and now it's back to third winter, so. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, it's just Michigan. That's how we do it. It's just it. Michigan. That's fine. Yeah. We're okay. We're okay. Uh, big news for me: book my flights, going to Cali. Yeah, celebration, baby! This... I'm wait. excited for you. Yeah, I don't have tickets, but honestly, I'm not even gonna sweat like about going to the event. I just want to go down there and have fun, man. <laughs> just, That's cool. I just, just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I'm good. I wish I'm I good. could go, but you know me, I'm going to see BTS in Vegas. I know, baby. Look at you. <laughs> look at you, BTS. Dang, I can't wait. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you're excited. So, all right, guys, a lot of stuff. We're going to have some fun today. We have a very special guest because obviously we're going to talk about some bounty hunters uh, things today, but we're also going to talk about Kenobi trailer that dropped. So a lot of fun what we're going to do today. But let's bring in our guest. He is one of my favorite people on Twitter of all time. He doesn't take Star Wars too seriously because he likes it because he has fun with it. You guys, if you don't follow him, you need to follow him. It's Rick Villanueva. Rick, buddy, what's going on, man? How we doing? Good. Morrow, Daylight Savings Day has screwed up <laughs> time everywhere. It used to be a flat <laughs> circle. Now it's like a squared oval. I don't know what time is anymore. Is it Saturday? Is it? Did celebration happen? I, what is happening? Right. What is time? It's a construct, kids. Yes. <laughs> time is a construct. <laughs> so what's going on, man? How you doing? You doing all right? I'm okay. I'm, uh, you know, like you said, it's, uh, for whatever reason, snow has descended upon us once again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go outside and try to find my kyber crystal and, um, <laughs> lost my last one. Wasn't, it wasn't fun, but, uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm kind of, uh, settling into Michigan life. So I'm a recent transplant from Chicago. So this is, uh, mm-hmm. we're neighbors, we're space neighbors. So Heck yeah, we are, man. Yeah, we'll definitely. I know we mm-hmm. got to talk. I've, I've been talking to Jerry who, from Bombad. We all definitely got to hang out for sure uh, during the summer. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But we're going to have some fun today, kids. But before we get into all that fun, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. Each episode, we'll dive into one or two topics, have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics a specific character, you name it, and we talk about it. All right, guys. Woo, Kenobi, out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere, they dropped the trailer. Like, I kind of okay with it. Like, don't give us a heads up, man. Just drop it. I'm cool with that. I like. I actually liked it. I, I didn't think we were going to get a trailer just because they did uh, drop the EW stuff prior to that, so we got some uh, pictures and some, uh, you know, quotes and everything, which we can talk about, but I definitely want to talk about the trailer. I think we want to talk about the trailer more. So, wow. I mean, I was not prepared for what we got. So let's go around. Let's do overall thoughts on it. Rick, my friend, I'll start with you, man. Tell me how you felt, what you thought. Yeah, go ahead. Give it, give it to me. That man. trailer dropped on us like Obi-Wan dropping in on General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Just like good from go. the rafters, he was like, oh, good morning, friends. You know, and none of us was prepared for it. We were like, if you watch that scene when when he did like the whole hello there, General Kenobi bit, there's two battle droids in the background where one of them like shoves the other one to like, hey, check out what Grievous is going to do. That was all of us. 
nudging each other like, yo, it happened. It's finally here. So yeah, no, it yep. was, it was crazy. I was at work and I knew that the investors, uh, webinar was happening as wasn't a call. It was a video thing. And, um, I was getting ready to leave work and I got a text from my coworker, like, Hey, go ahead, clean up. You can go. Um, and when I went to respond to him with my, you know, like on my phone, the trailer dropped like right that second. Like I got the notification that it dropped and I was like, Oh, so here I am. Like I work construction. So I'm like getting all my tools together and I'm trying to watch the trailer at the same time on my phone. And I'm like flipping out. Cause there's all these cool little moments and the, you know, that music came and kicked me square in the butt. And I was like, oh, what the is happening? Yeah. It was this whirlwind of just stuff. And like every other second, it seemed like there was something else that made me gasp. And, you know, so I get out of work, I go run in the car right away, watched it like 20 or 30 more times. And then I had to drive home and not watch it while I was driving because that's not safe. If you guys don't know. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was a lot. It was a lot to try to take in and contain. It, it is. Cause just like you said, the music, like even that very first, like little, the little, you know, uh, chimes and right in the beginning, like just feel star Wars. And then they just completely needle drop the duel of the fates. And I was just like, Man, you can't do that to me without yeah. some warning. Like you just dropped one of the greatest Star Wars like music, and then to have it play throughout. I mean, yeah, go ahead, Rick. I mean, it's I, crazy. I I feel bad for all of our space friends on the West Coast because they were just they're probably spilling coffee all over each other because it was still early in the morning. <laughs> right, over here right. for us, it was like it was almost two o'clock in the afternoon when that thing dropped. So, yeah, I can only imagine just, you know, rubbing the sleep out of your eyes and then, you know, beautiful Kenobi is just, you know, staring you right in the gullet while you're yawning in the morning, you know? <laughs> right. It was, oh, it was great. Andrea, I mean, what'd you think, man? Were you at work? Or what, how, how was your trailer, you know, viewing? Of course I was at work. Uh, and it was weird. Like that day I had like a big leadership meeting I had to facilitate. So I was like already mentally spent. And then that happened. And I was like, no. So I was not too surprised that we got the trailer just because Bob Chappick put his foot, big rich foot in his mouth earlier yeah, that did. week. Yeah, he did. And um, sometimes I think those things can um, be a distract, like they use as a distraction. But regardless, I liked it. Um, thank you for the trailer, Bob Chappick. And thank you for your new response. Um, based on the <laughs> right. don't say gay bill and order yep i loved mark hamill's response man that tweet just the gay 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 tweet it was so good <laughs> so solid right? up to him. but um back to the trailer yeah uh the music is what really stood out to me the inquisitors um really geeked me up i know we talked about it i think a couple weeks ago where i said that i thought it, it wasn't going to be so much flashback tatooine but it's going to be more of a in that timeline inquisitor type stuff and that's what the trailer seemed like to me so i felt like i'm kind of in the feel for what might happen so i i really enjoyed it i'm super geeked i can't wait um i you know i read an article that it's going to be you know dark and not full of hope which you usually expect in star wars so i'm excited to watch this i can't wait but i still do believe i'm not going to do the morning wake up and watch it I'm going to watch it in the evening as like an event uh, 
and then kind of be zoned in on it. I'm still sticking to that. I know. Cause yeah, you talked about, you talked about maybe when you do it in the morning, you're just trying to get your day started and maybe it just, it feels different than when you would do in the evening. So yeah, I I'll probably, I'll be my nerdy self and I'll definitely going to get up and watch this early and then I'll watch it again in the evening just cause I want to like soak it all in. But it's interesting because that obviously it drops the day before celebration. So, which is smart because obviously that's going to be the buzz going into celebration is, is that Kenobi, that first episode. So then I assume they'll have a panel and then they'll probably maybe show the next episode or two or something who knows uh, at celebration. So that's Kenobi kicking off the, that, that week makes sense. And I, it's the music. I think I, I go back to the music. The music was just so good because it just set the tone. It feels like just like you're saying, Andrea, like it's a little bit darker. You hear Kenobi talk about how, you know, we lost and, you know, every, like just you can feel the broken down guy that he is. So the one shot that I think I was not expecting, although I should have expected it, was seeing a long, a young Luke like. Yeah, that was. I yeah. I mean, Rick, were you expecting that? Was that something that caught off, caught you, caught you off, like by surprise? I, I was for sure. I did not expect to see it in the in a trailer, right? Um, you know, that's something that you know we kind of had a feeling we'd see it some at some point in the show, kind of like how Rebels did with um, the Twin Sons episode. We got a little glimpse of Luke kind of off in the distance. That's kind of what I was yeah, thinking was going to happen. But I'm really glad they just kind of ripped the band aid and were just like, "Here you go." And to have uh, Duel of the Fates kind of play right after that, I mean, it just says that it's the fate of this boy, you know, kind of the same way it was with Anakin, uh, that whole Dave Filoni speech at, you know, the Mandalorian um, gallery episode. He talked about Duel of the Fates from um, episode one. It's the same thing now, but like the tipping point is all on Luke and um, that music I mean, it just kind of underscores exactly what this show is about. And just those three sentences or the three little things about, you know, between darkness and defeat, hope survives. Um, that's that's where Obi-Wan is. He has to find a way to regain this hope. He can't just sit around thinking like one day Luke is going to save us all. He has to get himself into a place where he can be ready to teach him. And if he's at rock bottom and I don't know about you. But if you're living in a cave with nothing but a pillow and you ain't got no chunklas on your feet, I mean, you're at rock bottom right there. So for sure, that's for sure. A, that's about as low as it gets for for Jedi. Um, so but he's got to build himself back up. And whether that means that he's, you know, that we see Qui-Gon, we see him talking to Yoda the way Ezra was talking to Yoda. Um, not saying we're going to get any world between worlds, but I mean, we've seen that it, that it is possible, um, you know something's going to drive Obi-Wan back to um, this place of more hopeful. Cause if you think about it too, in, in a new hope, he's very jovial at the beginning, you know, he's all, you know, hello there, my yeah, little friend, point. you know, he's very, he's very kind of upbeat. Um, and he starts to get serious with Luke later on, like when they're training after, after Alderaan, you know, blows up. Um, but um, something brought him back to that more kind of light spirited version of himself. So, you know, this is the, the peaks and valleys of Obi-Wan's life and something that I think thematically, too, we're going to see an Obi-Wan very similar to Luke in The Last Jedi. And watching the trailer, 
there was there was something in the trailer that made me think about the last Jedi immediately. The very very first shot of the trailer, when you see Obi Wan off in the distance, uh, riding the uh, Eopi, um, if you look in the foreground, there's a little ledge of rock, and the rocks kind of move a little bit, like there's a vibration, like a tremor in it, or like a wind or something. And it reminded me very much of the breathe trailer for the last Jedi when Ray has her hand down and the rocks start to kind of float a little bit. So to me, that just said like tonally, there's going to be something very similar to the way Obi-Wan is here and the way Luke was then where he felt very defeated. He had cut himself off from the force for a different reason. Obi-Wan at this point, because he's, he's hiding for a different reason. He's hiding to, to protect somebody as opposed to Luke um, cutting himself off to kind of, you know, keep himself away from the guilt of, you know, any, you know, misdeeds or misgivings he might've had uh, earlier in his own life. So I'm excited to see all of this come back full circle. Uh, And speaking of full circles, we were talking about the, uh, the helicopter sabers kind of before we started (laughs) recording here. Yeah. And I I said it, I don't care what anybody thinks about how those things look. Listen, if you don't like them, you don't like them, whatever, that's cool. But if I don't get one, some dude flying away on his helicopter, like I, Obi-Wan steals it. That's what I want to see. I want to see Obi-Wan steal it. He's like on the edge of something and he's like, Yeet! and he zzz, and he just zips away to, <laughs> to, to find safety. You know, that's what I want. Just give me the stupidest Obi-Wan's like goodbye there. And he just floats away off his, uh, with his, <laughs> with his. I want stealer. it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I, I'm such, I know a lot of people don't like you, like you talk about Rick, like, I know a lot of people are not like big fans of it. Whatever, that's fine. If it's not your, it's not your thing. It's not your thing. But I love that in Rebels. I love those blades. I love how they spin. Like that's gonna be my whole thing through this series. Like spin those blades, baby. Like let's let's do let's have some fun. Like you're saying, make Star Wars fun and like goofy at times. It doesn't have to be so serious all the time. Like there's this is kind of the point of Star Wars is. It is supposed to be, again, as George Lucas says, for kids, and you're supposed to have fun with it. Obviously, there are deeper themes and all that, but like at the core, it's it's family, and it's again, it's it's hope. Just like you're talking about, Rick. Like that tagline is so good. Between you know, darkness and defeat, hope survives. Like that's such a great tagline for this show, and to see Obi One go through this, and like you're saying, that's such a good point about. A new hope. He seems different than he obviously is that we're going to see him in this series. So what happens to who, to him to get to that point of okay, I believe some, you know, I believe we're we're going to be okay. Like hope is going to survive through Luke and through just the Force in general. So like yeah, it's it's going to be really 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 interesting. I like the the new Inquisitor Vera. She looks cool. Grand Inquisitor looks great. The fifth brother. I I I dig it. Like I. We get to go to the fortress of Inquisitorius. I mean, if you're a Jedi Fallen Order fan, that's awesome. Even in the comics, they go through those places. So there's just a lot of cool stuff to really, like, sink your teeth in with this trailer and just, like, be like, okay, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. Six episodes. I'm hoping, like, 40, 45 minutes each. I would love an hour, but I don't know if we'll get an hour out of each episode. But 40, 45 minutes, 40 to 45 minutes, I would love. I would love a lot. Uh, final thoughts, Andrea, and then I'll go to you, Rick, too. Final thoughts on the trailer? Uh, do you want to talk about Inquisitor Backlash or no? <laughs> we can. I mean, I it's think pretty, it's stupid. I, yeah. You know, 
I think I saw someone online as like um, reaction videos were the thing. And now all of a sudden uh, remaking CG characters or, or characters from a show is like the new thing that fans like to do. Uh, I think that the people that surround Star Wars will always um, have creative freedom and know what's best for the performance and the the what they're trying to display. So if an Inquisitor has to look different from wh- how he looked animated, then it's fine. Like so, um, that I just you know that I was so hyped for the trailer and then just to see all the backlash and everybody going back and forth and to think like that's what you're concentrating on is is ridiculous. Um, but it happens. So, but I'm cool with the way that they look. I'm cool with the creative freedom of the people that create these shows and create these characters. Um, I just, I, I can't believe that people will uh, die on that hill. You know, it's just, it seems like it's been going on for weeks, but I know it's only been days. It feels but, like weeks. <laughs> it feels like weeks. But yeah, that's all I got. I'm just super excited. So yeah, me too. Rick, what about you, man? Final thoughts on the trailer or anything? Uh, well, you know, I mean, we didn't even talk about that. Um, the picture of Hayden as Vader that they put out the day after oh, the trailer. Oh, yeah. The day, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's all of that. You know, I think, um, I mean, kind of final thoughts on the trailer. You know, it does show a darker place. It would be nice to have some levity. So give Obi-Wan the helicopter saber, you know. <laughs> I want but, it. Um, I want it, Rick. <laughs> you know, in regards to the Grand Inquisitor, um, I'm kind of hoping that he is used very much in the way that Vader was used in A New Hope, where he's more of a, a looming presence. And, and, you know, we'll see the fifth brother. And uh, I think it's, uh, was it Reva? And then there's that other Inquisitor who we don't even know what her name is that we yeah, saw. Yeah, there's a third. Yeah, yeah, um, mystery. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, who's to say, you know, we don't see any others that just kind of pop up somewhere you know, doing their hunting, whatever. And I think a lot of what this trailer is and some of those pictures that they gave us are, you know, you said those are like intro moments. So, you know, there was the shot of like, it looked like hanging feet. Um, And uh, I mean, that could be like, you know, the Inquisitors are hunting some other Jedi. They find them on Tatooine. Rev is trying to make a, uh, a point of like, hey, this is what'll happen. And because we see them kind of, you know, there's some kind of chasing and stuff like that. And that's where she's like talking to, I don't know, Anchorhead or whatever the hell town that they're in. And, you know, that's where she comes face to face with uh, Owen um, and just kind of like, and that could be just a moment where she's just walking right past him. But the picture makes it look like they're staring at each other, like Rocky and yeah, Ivan Drago yeah. and Rocky four, you know, like for like five <laughs> minutes, you know, but it, and that could just be like, you know, just a fart in the wind in between them. You know, it could be, it could be real, real quick. Um, but I, I do want, like I said, I want the Inquisitor to be used very sparingly, not because of the way that he looked, because, um, again, I don't really care. If I, if there's anything that I would say change about him, just give him the yellow eyes. Just throw that in, you know, post somewhere because, I Good mean, they don't, cha- yeah. they don't change at all in Rebels. So just give him the yellow eyes. Um, or maybe he hasn't, I don't know, maybe he, he hasn't uh, acquired the yellow eyes as like a Sith thing because he does have them in Rebels, but not here yet. Maybe he's not... Because we know that he was a, a former uh, a Jedi Temple guard. Um, yep. So yep. he might still be kind of in that transition phase. We don't know. Um, the character of Reva, Mois, uh, Moses Ingram. First of all, gorgeous, right? She's she's mm-hmm. beautiful, right? Natural hair, just like all down. She looks great. Please don't kill her. 
give her the chance at some kind of redemption. I mean, if she dies, she dies. It's kind of like if, if it serves the story, cool. But make it so that like she's like this uh, inquisitor, like initiate. Like she's kind of new to this thing. She was a former Jedi, you know, kind of youngish. And that's why she doesn't have a number yet. Or maybe maybe in the article it said that she was the third sister. I don't remember. But let's just say for the sake of argument, she doesn't have that number assignment yet. So they're just using her name. Um, maybe she hasn't gotten her way all the way in yet you know what i mean so that she still has a chance to pull out of it where obi-wan can be like you don't have to go down this path because i mean i think he said once before like a thousand years ago that there are alternatives to fighting and she can maybe be uh, uh um you know coerced into into leaving them you know i don't know what she would do afterwards yeah. i mean that's always the question well then where is she afterwards but I mean, who knows? There's there's so many different ways that they can go with this. But um, Hayden, again, for anybody that's going to celebration, I I'm not going this year. But um, the fact that Hayden and Ewan are going to be there, probably on stage together. I mean, whoever's on like janitor duty is going to be mopping up all y'all off the floor because it's going to be <laughs> pandemonium in that room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it will be. It will be, man. Like I just, I and especially since it is the twenty, it will be the twentieth for uh, Attack of the Clones, and you know a lot of people love that film, but obviously with the series too, like yeah, it's that that's gonna be man that panel. I'm assuming they'll have a panel of Kenobi. It's gonna be insane, definitely for sure. I I, I totally agree with you though, Rick, uh, about Reva Reva. I don't know how they pronounce it yet, but. I have a my gut is telling me because she's not wearing a helmet, which is fine. Obviously, not all inquisitors have to wear a helmet, but like I feel like she is gonna be somebody that maybe Obi Wan is able to like turn at the end, maybe. And like that line of stay hidden that he says, like I think that's directed to either the Padawan or Jedi he's like helping, or maybe it is to her after she changes her ways and he says stay hidden like go go run run away you know or i mean there's so many possibilities with her character because she's so new and i that's what is really exciting you know that she is this brand new character he may he, character. if if he can turn her again we're talking huge hypotheticals here but but if he's able to do that or if that's something that he wants to do that can almost be like a test that he imposes on himself because if he know if he learns at some point that vader is still out or that anakin's still out there there's a thinking that he may be able to do that with him at this point in time. We know obviously by the time of a new hope, that's he's too far gone. Um, right. But right. you know, maybe this is like, you know, this is like the PSAT to the SAT that is Anakin Skywalker, um, where if he can turn her, maybe he thinks he can bring Anakin back because nobody is, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has a chance at redemption at some point. And maybe that's the whole thing is that it's a second failure for him by the end of this that Vader clearly, you know, doesn't turn at this point in time. But, you know, maybe that's a way for him to at least feel better about himself to say, I pulled somebody out of that life. So there is still hope for others in the galaxy who may have already gone down that path. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because again, like we talked about, like there's got to be a moment to where he gets to to where he feels like okay yes there is hope still because i think ewan said in the article in the ew article that obviously at the beginning of the series he's a broken guy like that and that makes sense because it's been we're 10 years removed from revenge of the sith so he's had 
a lot of time to reflect and like to you know to feel what he's feeling so i oh god i, I can't wait for this 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 series is going to be so good so 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 good uh, it, last thing that there, there had better yeah. be at least one eop fart in this thing for george lucas <laughs> i mean I saw that the first little tip of the cap. Those right. pi- the pictures came out, you know, in Entertainment Weekly, and I saw the one where him like feeding the uh, EOP, and I was like, EOP farts confirmed. I was like, this is it. Which like we're getting we're getting it back. <laughs> I want a whole like David W. Collins breakdown of the sound of the EOP fart. Like that's like give me a whole thing. I love it. We need yeah. I need the breakdown of all that. That'd be fantastic. That'd be so so good. Uh, but speaking of obviously bounty hunters or hunting Jedi. Our big topic today is going to be bounty hunters because obviously they are such like interesting characters within this realm and within this universe that we're in. They're you know we we first meet them in the Empire Strikes Back, so and that was like the very quickest you know like just a quick f- flash of these guys you know we saw Boba Fett, Bosk, Dengar, um, IG eight I think it's IG eighty eight. So, like, you get all these very various types of species and characters who are these bounty hunters. And we really don't know what a bounty hunter is yet until we get into Empire Strikes Back and Boba, you know, we follow Boba. And then, obviously, we learn more within um, The Phantom Menace because of Django. And then, obviously, through comics and through uh, literature and through the Clone Wars um, uh, animated show. We learn a lot more about these bounty hunters. So I want to go like around and Andrea, I'll kick it off to you first. Like overall, like bounty hunters, how do you feel about them? Like, do you feel like they, they are a good fit within this universe? Like what's kind of your initial like feelings on like bounty hunters and all that? What do you got? Yeah, I was never really into bounty hunters until the Mandalorian, honestly. Um, It gave it a little bit more of a background you got to see like the autonomy of like how it worked with the credits and the pucks and like stuff like that so i really um you know and then star wars started to really kind of push the bounty hunter agenda after the mandalorian uh they created that comic uh they had the war of the bounty hunters series which was really good because it displays like all these different bounty hunters individually and like how they interact as a group so was I a bounty hunter fan? Am I a bounty hunter fan? Uh, no, not right now because it is so hard to like condense that information to get familiar with it. Right? It's everywhere, like you said. It's in comics. It's in literature. It's um, it's legends. It's canon. It's all over the place. So, um, what really like interests me is getting the history on each of these characters but what's tough is they don't have like cemented history because some of it is legends and some of it is canon so um but the ones that like really intrigue me are like Django Fett um I feel like we haven't dipped into his story enough uh I feel like we've kind of learned a little bit more about IG-88 and then IG-80 IG-11 from the Mandalorian but um I think those types of bounty hunter droids those ones have um like a future in star wars right so i would like to see them um come out some more like maybe through the mandalorian series or even if there's another book of boba fett or book of someone but 
Um, I, yeah, I just, I, I was never, me and you, Lauren, we were never big Boba Fett fans, right? We, when, when we started the podcast, we actually used to talk smack about him because we were like, he's nothing. <laughs> we don't know crap That's about true. him. Like he looks cool. Great. But he fell in a starlight pit and he died. Now I know there's books and legends that explain that he didn't. And now there's a show that explains that he didn't. But, um, I mean, we just weren't fans. You know, I'm a Jedi fan to, you know, deep down. Is what I like. I'm also like a villain fan. I I like Jedi and I like villain. I like dark side. I like the light side. Um, the the workings of the Empire was never really, or the workings of the Rebels until I saw Rebels was never really anything I cared about. So, I just feel like we're scratching the surface at the Bounty Hunters. I feel like everything is just kind of so scattered, and I think using the Mandalorian is a go good way to be able to like cement bounty hunters footprints in the star wars galaxy or star wars universe so that's all i got no that's good no that's a really good call i think you know overall bounty hunters are they're interesting for sure but i think like you said Ange, the more comics and books and everything that we're getting shows like you said the mandalorian the more they are kind of bringing that up to the surface and they're just starting to get like get into it i think i think you're hundred percent right. Like it's just there's a lot there, but they are slowly, I think, giving us more and wanting us to get in like get connected to these type of characters, which is very different. Like the Bounty Hunter Guild, it's like the first time it was ever mentioned was in The Mandalorian. And it's kind of almost like that same thing we said with um Fennec Shand. Like we felt like she had been around for a long time by the way they introduced her in The Mandalorian. Same with the Bounty Hunter Guild, but if you look up that stuff in Wikipedia, its first appearance is in the Mandalorian. There's no backtrack of, like, was was Boba in a guild? I don't think so. It seems like Grief Karga created it. So, I don't know. It's just, it's all over the place, so it's really hard for me to take it in and get connected with it. No, that's that's fair. No, that's I mean that's that's a very very fair. Rick, what about you? Kind of what's your kind of overall thoughts and feelings on like bounty hunters overall? Like, are you into them? Is it kind of a thing that you really like exploring or want to be explored more in Star Wars? Which I think, like Andrew saying, I feel like we're going to that place, right? Like it just feels that way. Yeah. So, all right, I'm an OT kid. I was five when Return of the Jedi came out. I'm, I was, I'm told that we went to see Empire Strikes Back when I was two. I don't remember. But um, so so that's a little bit of my own personal history. Now, the, the bounty hunters for me were always really cool um, because of the old Kenner toys. And oh, good call. The uh, bounty hunters at that time, you know, being a kid and like the whole idea of like continue the story at home, since they're only on screen for a couple of seconds, really. Um, you know, it, it allows for your imagination to just carry on whatever these characters were doing. And it's only kind of later on as you get older, it's like kind of what they represent um, in a story like this. And for me, the bounty hunters have always kind of been the, the lawless kind of ruthless side of the way the galaxy is formed, where the empire is like the rigidity of like like it's like stoicism and rigidity and like follow our rules or else and the jedi are like we're the light that you know are supposed to you know guide people to a certain kind of righteousness and then there's these bounty hunters in the middle that are just like you'll pay me and i'll shoot the dude for you or i'll bring him in <laughs> um, right, right because people got to make money in the galaxy right 
I don't know why IG-88 needs money, but he does for something. Um, so the idea of the bounty hunters was always like, that's where the imagination kind of started for me as a kid. Um, I was always about Luke. It was always about Han and like kind of their adventures, but like my bounty hunter figures are the most beat up figures that I have from back in the day. Like my IG-88, I don't remember doing this, but like he's missing an arm because and it's, <laughs> it's not that, that we just popped it off. Like it's melted down to like a nub on the shoulder. I don't know what the hell we did to it. We did something. IG-88, he put in some work. He fell in that lava from that from Navarro, whatever planet that was. Uh, yeah, there you go. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so like we played with those figures hard because like that was those are the figures you can do almost anything with. You know, Luke had a lightsaber and he can do cool Jedi stuff. But bounty hunters could like. They could take down my G.I. Joes. They were kicking Optimus Prime in the face. They were doing like just the craziest, most bizarre whack right out on. stuff. And so now, or I should say, you know, like kind of later on, like we get, we see bounty hunters again in Attack of the Clones, right? Happy 20th. And we see Zan Wessel. We see Django come in. We see kind of like the idea of, you know, they're, they're in it for the money. Django fetches. I mean, he says, I'm a simple man, you know, working my way through the galaxy. And, you know, he's he's in it for the money and, you know, he, he wants his kids so that there's a little smidge of 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 um, some kind of righteousness for him. He has some kind of a code or something going on there. Um, but now he's not so above, you know, killing the person that he hired. I mean, he shot that, you know, the Camino saber dart into into Zam Muscle. So then from that with Clone Wars, like Clone Wars really opened up my eyes to what um, the bounty hunters could be because there are so many of them. And then from that, we get my dude, um, and we'll talk probably more about in a minute, but that's where Cad Bane comes in. And Cad Bane as a bounty hunter, um, obviously he's like, he's at the top. You know what I mean? I mean, there's Boba that we hear kind of like in quote unquote legends, not in the legends novels, but just legends in universe. And then Cad Bane comes along and he's this character that on the surface shouldn't work. He's a blue skin cowboy. You know what I mean? It's the most, it's like, it skirts that line of absurdity so much that for me, it, it worked so well. And for them to expand on, on all of um, what the bounty hunters can do in Clone Wars and their involvement with the war and with the Jedi, how they were like, how again, Cad Bane fighting off two Jedi at the same time. It's like, yo, these guys can do anything. Like I said, it, it to me, that was like, Here's my action, you know, my action figures again, but in this cartoon doing the most whacked out stuff. And like, I'm here, I've always been there for bounty hunters. It's some of my favorite stuff in Star Wars. It's, it is, it's really, it's interesting. Like these characters, like you're saying, Rick, they're so different. They're, they're not Sith. They're not obviously Jedi. They're these guys that are kind of just following their own moral code. Right. And like you're saying, they're doing it strictly for, you know, selfish reasons and just into survive. Right. But they don't like, they don't care who they have to hurt or what side is hiring them. Like they'll do, they'll do it for, they're doing it for profit for money. So it is, they are these very kind of cool, interesting characters. You know, for me, I think it really, I think Clone Wars, the animated show was where I started kind of like seeing bounty hunters as like, Oh man, these guys are kind of cool. Like, again, like you were saying, Rick, like, there was a bunch of them. 
They were doing all these kind of crazy whacked out missions for various people. And it was just really, they were just really interesting characters and like their motives and everything. So that's kind of where it, it, it wasn't until that animated series that my interest in bounty hunters began. But I, just like Andrea and I were talking about earlier, you know, we've talked about before, like, you know, Boba Fett, like you're saying, Rick, like, in this legendary status that everybody puts him on, right? And not just like you're saying, not in books, not in legend books, but like in this legendary kind of stratosphere within the universe, you know, and like he was like, like we've said before, like he was cool looking and everything like that. But I think it took a show, a series like Clone Wars to really dive deeper into these type of characters, not just Boba Fett. When we get his backstory a little bit, obviously in Clone Wars as a kid, but to really discover like these other bounty hunters out there, like you're saying, Cad Bane. And then we get one of my favorites. Who I'll talk about later. I think Asad's Ventures is one of my favorite bounty hunters uh, too. So like, and they're just a, 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 there's the variety of different species in like, you know, like you're saying droids too, who are bounty hunters. Like it's crazy how these characters you know, have come about and like how they fit into the story too. Cause they do like, especially in Clone Wars, like though their storylines of them is, you know, it does affect what the Jedi were doing during the Clone Wars, you know? So it was, it's really interesting. I, I like the group of characters, but I, I do agree with Andrea. Like, I think Mandalorian is really putting it on the surface, like putting it in, putting it up for, I think the general audience and for like even fans to dive deeper into this culture, this kind of society within Star Wars of bounty hunting, like like you like we we don't really get a lot of it until later on. You know, obviously George sets it up beautifully. Like I mean, that's what George does. He sets things up, and then people like Dave Filoni and other creatives are able to really expand on those ideas that he set up in these movies. You know, I mean, just like the line of, you know, Obi-Wan saying a thousand years ago, you know, the Jedi were, you know, around the galaxy. And then he mentions the Clone Wars and then looks what happens. You get a whole show on Clone Wars. So, like, they're only doing that with just this little quick scene and Empire Strikes Back. And now look what we have. We have a whole, like, category and catalog of characters for bounty hunters. And it's just, it's just, it's just really, really cool. I, I love, I love. I'm beginning to love this side of Star Wars a lot more than I thought I would for sure. And it took the Clone Wars for me to really dive into it. Um, so let's talk about some of those, some of our favorite uh, bounty hunters. There's again, there's a plethora of them. Andrea, I'll have you kick us off. You got one or two that, uh, that, that you like that you've kind of follow now because of like the a show or because of comics. What do you got? One that I'm just more interested in and, Hopefully, either I can piece together a backstory or we get a legit backstory is really Jango Fett. You know, when Cad Bane says in Book of Boba Fett, you know, um, Jango Fett was a cold-blooded killer or your dad. What does he say? Why Why do I do this? Why don't I write these things down? <laughs> but it just and then to know that Cad Bane um, like followed Jango Fett, saw him as one of the greatest bounty hunters and um, most most ruthless and um you know brutal bounty hunters that he had ever seen and then to know that boba fett came from that it's really interesting because all you see um in the movies is that uh you know he he's he 
made the clones, right? And he hired Zam to um kill uh Padme Amidala and he's like, you know, being he his job during Attack of the Clones is to assassinate Padme. So it's like, do we get really what we want? He has this little kid, he has Boba Fett, he's like the the face of all the clones that you see. Um, and then his head gets cut off by Mace Windu, right? So it's like, what is it? We explore a little bit in it in the book of Boba Fett, um, maybe just in Boba Fett's psyche of how he felt about his father and that you can tell that he misses his father. When you look in comics, like uh, there's the canon comic in the Age of the Republic. There's one about Jango Fett. And that's pretty cool because... It gives you a little bit deeper of how Dooku went to go find him and based off of his reputation, it was approved by the emperor that he was allowed to use him as the template for the clones. Um, and then just his involvement um, that with um, Palpatine and all those things and all those uh, things that he had to do. So I feel like, again, it's piece. it has pieces, right, that you can kind of put together. Um, but I would just really like um, that to be him to be explored more uh, because I think you know is he a Mandalorian isn't he a Mandalorian right there's an article there's a little article in the back of that Age of Rebellion Jango Fett saying that he's not a Mandalorian and Dave Filoni saying that um, I don't know it's like super weird right so he is but he isn't and then if you read some non-canon comic books um, you see what happened with his father and how Jango Fett got brought into the Death Watch and stuff that he has to do with um, Vizsla and all that stuff. So I would love to see that cemented uh, with the Mandalorian. Like when we go to Mandalore and we get Mandalorian uh, lore and history, I would love some involvement of Jango Fett's story in there as well. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be good. I would like that to explore that in Mandalorian. That'd be interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, Django is an interesting character for sure. Like, like you're saying, we have pieces of information, but like, not like a full story. And you know, the only thing we got from Mando season two was that the armor, obviously, you know, Boba says shows Din he has the a chain code. My dad's a chain code. You know, blah blah blah. He was part of Death Watch, so we know again a little bit, but like. We don't know the full background, so I, I be I be down for more either like a book or a comic, like more comics on Django because I think his backstory is interesting. Because again, like the you know why you know I don't know if they really explore the reason why he wanted to have like an unaltered clone like Boba, like you know the Kaminoans just tell tell us in the movie like that's what he wanted, but like we don't know why. Like what was the reason for him wanting that like was it just to just just to like he wanted to be a dad like it just you know i i find like the reason like that explore exploration would be cool to find out like more of that more of his backstory i 100 agree yeah because even in the comics they just scratch the surface on it because that was part of the arrangement right they get he gets paid handsomely and then he also asked for an unaltered clone and he is definitely a father figure to boba fett um and Boba Fett is think, says he's his father, so there's that there, but and he just like teaches him the ropes of being a bounty hunter. It is just really strange, the right, like what you said, like what's the why? What's getting us to the reason why Jango Fett needed to have Boba Fett? Does it? And I feel like that's where I want to go and where I want it 
like that's just some what stuff. I, yeah, just I just want it. One more info. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. No, I get it for sure. All right, Rick. On to you, my bud. Uh, Cad Bane, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about him. What do you got? Who? I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing. Just a wild guess that that's who we're going to talk about. I mean, now. I don't. I don't know why Go you ahead. would. I don't know what what, what would make you think <laughs> yeah. that way. Crazy um, idea. Yeah, Rick. crazy. Crazy. Thought. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go follow me on Twitter, guys. Um. Anyway, so. No, so Cad Bane, all right, so here's the thing. On the surface, Cad Bane is being a Duros. He's like, the Duros are some of the first aliens you see in Star Wars. Um, they're in the Cantina in A New Hope. And the Duros kind of like most closely resemble what we in the real world would assume that aliens look like. Kind of the big almond yeah, eyes, call. the longer head. Like right. there's something very familiar in that mysterious kind of way. And then in the canteen, it's just like, you know, Joe Duros and Jill Duros, just like having a cup of calf, just like, Hey, yo, what's up dog? They're just like having a good old time with their space jumpers on. Um, you know what I mean? Just kicking it in the background, just like talking about whatever it was that they did. And to see Cad Bane come in, he's got a, this completely different demeanor. You know, he's got the tubes coming out of his face. He talks super cool. Um, you know, Corey Burton's voice is just chef's oh, kiss. So it's good. so good. It's so good. Um, I mean, he is, I mean, he's angel eyes. He's Lee Van Cleef in Star Wars. And again, uh, you know, just based on appearances, like I said, he's a, he's a cowboy in space. It shouldn't work. It's really stupid, but it's one of my favorite things because something about him comes off as just just cool everything about him is just boiling under the surface right he, he's a survivor he knows how to do all these crazy things he's got these cool gadgets um he's got those rocket boots that i kind of hope you know we had seen in, in book of boba fett oh, but, to see them fight, i want one shot rick i yeah. want i want it one time somewhere yeah so they have seen yeah. those two fight in the air a little bit where boba's got his jetpack and he's got his his uh ankle boots um that would have been kind of cool but, but i'll take what i can get um so the other thing about Cad Bane um, is he's got these kind of stupid lines that he says from time to time, like on top of his being ruthless. I mean, one of my other favorite bounty hunters, and I, and I never talk about him because I don't know how much people are going to remember him, but in the Clone Wars, and this is just to get to the, the level of absurdity that you can do with bounty hunters in Clone Wars, there was an episode called The Box. And in that episode, Count Dooku literally has like a tournament to find out who's the best bounty hunter. And they're just killing each other like left, right and center. Right. So in that episode, Cad Bane kills an Athorian bounty hunter named Bulldoga or Bulldoga, something like that. Right. And he kills him because of the hat that he's wearing. It's like my favorite line of Cad Bane just going, that's a nice hat. And then he blasts his fool because of his hat. <laughs> Cad Bane's already wearing a hat. It's not like he took that. I mean, he does take the hat, but it's not like he didn't already have one. Um, you know what I mean? But but he's like, just for the level of like stupidity of like, here's a Sothorian rocking a cowboy hat. Where does, is it sitting on like, is that the top? I mean, this is like Ithorian anatomy. Is that the, like a hump on his neck? Is that the top of their head? You know what I mean? Like, where's exactly is he wearing that on his How's own? How's it staying on? Right. You know, yeah, it, it, I, it's like that meme of like, you know, if, if you put jeans on a dog, how do, like, how do they wear them? 
it's the same thing like with a, with an authorian wearing a head is like just go on the eyes does it go on the hump i don't know either way um to see <laughs> cad bane do stuff like that to another bounty hunter just again just for the hat it's like there's something about this guy. He it just he he always stood out to me. I don't know what it is about blue characters in Star Wars because I really like Thrawn. Um, those are my blue dudes. Oh, like yeah, that's the, that's my crew. Great. Yep. But um, you know, some of the other bounty hunters that come to mind, like a lot of people like to crap on Dengar, and I don't know why. I really like Dengar for some reason, and people, can you want to drag me on Twitter? I don't care. Listen, my Twitter handle is not Dengar's bounty. Okay, it's Cad Bane's bounty for a reason, but. Something about, again, it's so silly to have this, you know, I mean, is a, is a homie wrapped in toilet paper in the old movies? You know what I mean? <laughs> and It really so is. Silly. And to, it really is. To, like when you see Dengar, especially like in the War of the Bounty Hunters, the stuff that he's doing with uh, with Valance, um, and then to like, to think about where he might be afterwards with this whole Rothgar Dang thing in The Rise of Skywalker, where he kept on like, altering himself to become like not human anymore, except for his weird, like bug eyed face. Um, it is so it like it, it stretches the imagination to its limits of what you can do with these characters in the world that they play in. And, and again, it's so dumb. A lot of it is just the dumbest stuff in star Wars. When you think about some of these characters that are, that are bounty hunters, you know, I mean, Embo, Embo's great, right? But he's he's rocking his head. You can barely see his face. Like his field of vision has got to be terrible under that thing. I mean, how could how effective can you be as a bounty hunter when you you got this hat that's pulled down as far as it is? He, again, he looks cool. When we went to Celebration Chicago, when we first walked into McCormick Place, the first cosplayers I saw was a Thrawn and an Embo. And my son, right, we had just walked in the door. My son and I ran up, we took pictures with them because they look great. Nice, um, nice. And that's another thing, like stylistically what you can do with bounty hunters it just give them the most way out um uh, like designs and looks and anybody can be a bounty hunter um and then you can have bounty hunters that kind of like that toe the line a little bit i mean if you remember in in rebels sabine has a kind of a checkered backstory right not just the stuff that she yeah. had done on mandalore with you know her family and developing these weapons for the empire whatever inadvertently but she's got a history with um who is it uh Ketso, uh uh, Quetzalcoatl and yes. um, where, where Quetzal lives in this space as kind of like this scoundrel-esque bounty hunter possibly um, kind of world that they can dip their toes in both sides of being both good and bad in the name of either survival or um, trying to help people you know I mean you look at what uh, Emphis Nest she's not a bounty hunter per se but I mean what she and the swoop riders are doing in that scoundrel line where for all of Solo we think that she's a villain. Um, but what she's doing is, is she's, she's kind of this Robin hood, you know, rich you know, steal from the rich gift to the poor kind of a uh, kind of person um, in this wrapped in this native American indigenous uh, kind of archetype. And it's beautiful. It's one of the best things about that movie and give me all the emphasis nest stuff. I want more of that. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and again, too, the design of that character. All of these characters are so way out. They look super cool. People are getting tattoos of them left and right. They just, they like, they broaden the scope of what Star Wars is, you know, aside from like the the black and silver bad guys and the brown robes of the good guys. There's this other rainbow of characters in between that just do crazy stuff. I mean, Zam Wells is a, a shapeshifter. 
you know, you've got, um, I, the, oh geez, I had, I had names pulled up here, but there's a guy, um, who his species, he's a, he's a, he's a Parwan, um, who's got like three eyes on his front and he's like all tentacles and he's got like, um, I don't have his name in front of me, but like he wears like the, whatchamacallit's, um, like the bandoliers that, 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 uh, Chewbacca wears. Black Kersantan. We got Black Kersantan in the book of yeah, Boba Fett. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he fought Obi-Wan in the comics. That's where he got the scar from was from Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, these characters, you can do so much. And then we got to see him rip an arm off. You know what I mean? Ah, that was really cool. <laughs> I mean, Jedis, they might be slicing arms off, but they're not ripping arms off. You know what I mean? So, that's the kind of stuff you can do with bounty hunter characters. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Like, there are just so many different varieties that we've, like, like we're talking about that you can really explore this really different different side of the galaxy that I think they are starting to to explore and scratch the surface, which is very exciting. For me, I think my favorite—I mean, even though she wasn't for uh, like a bounty hunter for like a super long time—but I said it earlier, Ventress. I love bounty hunter Ventress is one of my favorite like looks. A her outfit's really cool. Like I want a uh, black uh, black series figure of her in that outfit, removable helmet, everything. I would buy that. Like that's one of the coolest looks for me as a bounty hunter but just her being like a ex jedi slash sith assassin slash night sister and now she's a bounty hunter with lightsabers i got like that to me is a very cool like okay that's like how like for her to go full circle like that as a bounty hunter and again we see her in clone wars with uh with boba and she kind of like double crosses him but then she decides that she wants to obviously do bounty stuff on her own. Like that, that, those type of like moments of her are some of my favorite because again, she is like on her own. She has like this cool look of a bounty hunter and she's doing it just for, you know, reasons to, to survive just like any bounty hunter is. So yes, Ventress for me, I, she's one of my favorites. Cad Bane, I mean, Rick, you talked about him. Cad Bane is up there for me, too. He's just really, really cool. And then I think, I mean, Boba is. I mean, I think I've been coming around because of the more material we get on Boba, the more I think I like his character. So, like, him as a bounty hunter is very interesting. And obviously, just as a character, he's becoming very interesting because, you know, we we, we haven't, I mean, we explored it with Boba a little bit on his bounty hunter stuff, but not really like we we've gotten like kind of the post bounty hunter in book of boba fett right like that's kind of what we see him as but like i wouldn't mind i mean i know there's probably comics i'm I'm a little behind on comics but there's probably comics of him being a bounty hunter and being like a total badass and everything but like i would love to explore that more too like his whole side of being a bounty hunter like that would Lauren, be interesting. You got to read War of the Bounty Hunters. I know. Series. I, I, and I, I think give I have you the it. order that they all fall in, but it is absolutely outstanding. I mean, it really does it, display like what Boba Fett was during that time in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it does them justice as well, too, as well as some of the other bounty hunters. I mean, it's in, just intense uh, who they can all bring into one place at the same time. So it's a great series. Yeah, I definitely, I, I that's one of the comics. I think actually I do have it. I haven't read it yet, but I have some of them. So I will have to dive into it. But I, I mean, I would love, I mean, again, I would love like him being a bounty hunter between like a new hope and empire. Like, give me like, give me all that stuff. Like, just 
give me his background. And then again, I obviously I would love Ventress to come back. I know she right now can't come back, but I would love her to come back. And I would love more stories of her, even like in a comic, like more stories of her as a bounty hunter and like the different um, bounties she went on and everything like that. That, that would be, that'd be really, really uh, cool to me for sure. So that, yeah, go ahead. Rick. That whole war, of the bounty hunters uh, story, like as cool as it was, I, some of my favorite stuff out of that was uh, the one shots that we got out of it uh, that explored some of the characters. My favorite being uh, the Bausch episode or uh, issue because we got to see. Yeah, that was great. There were like, I had no idea. There were like five or six of them uh, of these Ubi's characters. We never see any of their faces. They all kind of wear similar masks and you find out their story is that they've all been like exiled from their home world for whatever dishonorable things that they did. So that's how they end up kind of forming their own little family unit and becoming bounty hunters. Uh, but then they end up facing up. I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but they end up having some uh, a run in with Domina Tag, who's kind of like the main villain from the um, the Afro comics. Um, but we see like that whole crew and the things that they can do. That was a really if you're if you're going to read any of those books, I would read the one shots. They don't really fit linearly with the rest of the war, the war of the bounty hunters, but that was probably my standout issue and something else I wanted to bring up just kind of like the ruthlessness of some of these characters. I don't know if she really falls into the bounty hunter set per se, but when size noodles killed zero, the hut in uh, clone wars, um, ruthless. I mean, ruthless. how, how glorious was it? That's like miss snooty herself takes out zero, the hut. You know what I mean? Like, for Jabba, like, come on. I mean, again, when you can, when you can just step over that line of absolute insanity and then pull back a little bit, I'm all for all of that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good call. Slice noodles being a, a temporary bounty hunter on zero thought. Oh, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. I, also, I mean, to, to wrap it up too, like if you look at high Republic, I mean, the Nihil are kind of bounty hunter-ish in a kind of a weird way. I mean, they they kind of do what they want. They have no qualms about how they do it. You know, they're ruthless and things like that. So, like, those characters are almost bounty hunter-esque, too. Or maybe that's even where the idea... I mean, I don't know. Do we know how long bounty hunting has been around? Like, has it been around since the beginning? Like, again, we can... That would be fun to explore, like, the, the origins of that. Of like where it started, who started it, like the guilds and all that. I think that'd be that'd be really interesting stuff too. So, oh, this was a fun conversation, kids. This was a lot of fun. Bounty hunters and Obi Wan Kenobi. You can't get much better than that. So, before we wrap up, we do want to say uh, that we and Rick are part of a huge, 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 huge campaign for Equality Texas. We are part of the Amadala Initiative campaign. So we have links uh, in the description I'll put in. And then obviously on our Twitter, uh, we have links to that as well. So please, if you can, if you are able to, please donate to that cause. It's to protect trans kids and because against the legislation that Texas is doing uh, against that, that community. It's very awful. So again, Amidala Initiative, go check it out if you can, or even if you can't, if you are on Twitter or if you see it, like retweet it, support it, do whatever you can, spread the word on that fabulous, fabulous campaign 
that our dear friend Ben McDonald started along with obviously many other, many other people. So it's a really good, really good uh, campaign charity to check out for sure for us. So Rick, man, this was so much fun. <laughs> I'm so glad I got you on. It's a really fun discussion. So thank you for coming on. Let the good people know, Rick, where they can find you on Twitter and any and all stuff that you're doing, my friend. Well, first, thanks for having me on. This was a blast. There, you know, nothing better than a uh, not hot anymore cup of coffee with uh, two of my favorite people. Um, but you can find me on Twitter uh, at Cad Bane's Bounty, um, where I talk about EOP farts and whatever dumb stuff comes to my mind. Um, <laughs> I do have a podcast and we have been on hiatus for quite a while. There are plans to bring it back. I've said this on a number of shows. Um, it is still going to happen. The show is called jam transmissions. Our Twitter handle is at JT If you can give us a follow over there, maybe there'll be some updates pretty soon. Um, there's a lot guys. So I also do literary reviews, um, on the Patreon feed for children of the watch, uh, children of the watch on Twitter is at cot watch. Their Patreon is patreon.com forward slash the Mando watch. Um, so uh, $2 a month gives you access to everything on their Patreon. We have a lot of fun breaking down all that stuff. Again, we, we talk primarily about high Republic and um, that's, um, that's about it for me. Just, you know, look for my dumb memes and um, all my other silliness that I do in those places. Yes, please, guys, go follow Rick and all that stuff. He's a fabulous Twitter follow. He is just amazing. So please, please, go follow, go follow, go follow. And then, guys, for us, you can follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. And then you can follow us on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the major platforms. We're there. Hit us up with a, uh, if you are in a good mood, hit us up with a five-star review and rate. Do all that good, good stuff as well. And then you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Nose on Twitter. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter. I tweet about Star Wars and BTS. Sometimes <laughs> Dave Matthews. Oh, and Pugs. I have a pug. <laughs> And as always, kids, may that force be with you. Always. Always. always.